Hello, this is Olena of olenavillet.com and welcome to this impromptu live where I'll be answering your skincare questions. I was just actually on another live with a client of mine who is a copy mentor or a copywriting expert who teaches people how to become more persuasive in their copy and good copywriters <laughs> in general, right? And so Marissa is somebody who I worked with on her skincare routine and we improved her skincare habits and stuff. Yeah, it was so cool to chat about non-skin related things with her students in her Copy Confidence Society. It turns out <laughs> that my copywriting is quite persuasive. <laughs> And so Marissa was using some of my content as examples of what it means to kind of show up being yourself and how to like get messages across or points across so that they land with your people. And that kind of brings us to marketing, right? I talked about this on the previous live that I didn't save here. By the way, for those of you who are popping on, say hello, tell me where you are. How did you find my content? What were your first reactions to my content? Get the ball rolling, ask your questions. I'll be scrolling up and going through all your questions and your comments, okay? So that it's a two-way street, two-way street, not a one-way street a two-way street. So last time we were talking about marketing, right? And how like everything in life is marketing. And I think this is kind of important for people to understand where you ultimately want the things that are the best fit for you. And marketing is simply good marketing, honest marketing, powerful marketing. It just lets you know what is for you and what isn't for you. It helps you discern. That's what fucking marketing is. I mean, in my opinion, when a brand shows you a car, whatever. There's going to be a bunch of people who are going to be like, oh my God, this car, this is the coolest car ever because the, the benefits of driving this car, I don't know, the features, whatever the fuck, I'm, I'm obviously not a car person. And then there will be all these other people who will be like, oh, I don't like, it's hideous or it's useless or I have a really good car and I don't want that new car, the shiny new thing, blah, blah, blah. And the marketing is just simply not going to speak to that person. That's what you kind of want with marketing is you want to attract the right fit. Now this is marketing in terms of once again, good marketing. Bad marketing makes shit up about the problem, about the solution. And I'm always gonna use clean beauty for an example of what bad marketing is. Good marketing would be like, our product solves this and this problem. Here's how. That would be, in my opinion, good marketing. And that's the kind of marketing I look for as a consumer of skincare, of anything, right? Like I wanna know what the benefits are for me purchasing this versus that, right? That's what marketing is gonna help me do is make a better decision. It's information. But Clean Beauty, what it does is, hey, hey guys, they're trying to kill you. They're not trying to kill you, but hey, they're trying to kill you, okay? They're trying to poison you. You're gonna get cancer. Your skin is a fucking sponge. It absorbs 60% of what you put on it. Natural is better. What else do they say? We got your back. We got your back. Our shit's clean. The other stuff is dirty. That's how they get you. That's really manipulative, isn't it? To create a problem that doesn't exist. The beauty industry is trying to kill you when actually the beauty industry is trying to create safe and effective products for you to use. Some of which, even despite their best intentions and efforts, are not that well formulated, but they're not trying to kill you. At least they're not gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> so what an overblown problem. And also the solution then doesn't make sense if the problem doesn't exist. Then that becomes a, a moot term, a moot point. Like, why am I buying this? Cause it's clean. 
that's supposedly better for me, but it isn't, and it's supposedly better formulated, but it isn't, and supposedly safer, but it isn't. Clean then loses all meaning because from the get-go, it was a meaningless marketing term. What I think is important for all of us to understand is that marketing is there to serve a purpose, but there is ethical marketing and then there's unethical marketing. We as the consumer have to be aware of who is talking to me and what are their intentions? <laughs> are they actually gonna solve my problem or are they just making up a fucking fake problem that they're solving for me? What's interesting is I work with a lot of people who I've noticed have, how do I say this, a bit of a distorted sense of skin. And that's a nice way of putting it. Meaning people have a very distorted perception of their skin. Like to the point where they've reached the skin goals, but they can't see the skin goals. I had one client that she was so concerned with a healing pimple, like she would get the occasional tiny ass bump. Tiny, tiny, like the occasional, you know, cause we get clogged pores and this is normal. For those of you who, who might be new here, a clogged pore, totally normal. When your face is covered in them, we have to ask some questions as to why that is. But uh, uh, clogged pore, fucking normal, very common and not a bad thing. And she was going to a celebrity dermatologist and she was complaining about skin texture, about scarring. She was making up things that were not true about her skin. She just told them all her insecurities. And this person was like, yeah, well, we can do laser for that. Or we can do this and we can that. She came up with a fake problem and he gave her a real solution to the problem that she didn't have. See, when you are a bit too vocal and too vulnerable with your insecurities, somebody can take advantage of you. If you're like, I'm obsessed, I need clear skin and you have clear skin, not everyone is gonna tell you, by the way, you have clear skin, you have reached your goals and the way you're caring for your skin is pretty good. Maybe we can make tiny changes or whatever, but you're doing a good job. How many people will actually tell you that? This is how we put ourselves in vulnerable situations when we make up problems to solve that we don't even have. Then a clever marketer who isn't ethical can take advantage of you easily, tell you exactly what you wanna hear easily. All because you were just blah, 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 blah. I want this, I want that, even though I have all this, but I want this and they can just say, yeah, we can totally do that for you. And it happens all the fucking time. Like if you go to a plastic surgeon's office, it's very unlikely that they're going to be like, oh, by the way, you're symmetrical enough <laughs> or you look young for your age or blah, blah, blah. Are you fucking kidding me? Has anybody met a person like this? Because if you have met a person that tells you don't get stuff done, meanwhile, they're the ones offering these services, then you need to cherish people like that. You need to like be like, wow, that's an awesome fucking specialist or whatever. They actually tell the truth because few will, few will. I even, uh, last week, was it last week? Cause I never know what the fuck day it is. <laughs> I think last week, yes, last week, I went to see a dentist for just the tooth cleaning, okay? I went to see a dentist for a tooth cleaning and at the end of the tooth cleaning, this was shocking. <laughs> this has never happened to me in the history of all my dentist visits and I have been through a lot of dentists, okay? He asked me, are you a smoker? And I'm like, no, but I do drink a lot of coffee. And he's like, oh, have you considered whitening your teeth? And I'm like, yeah, I considered it. 
I'm just like playing the game because I know where this is headed. And he's like, well, you know, for only 450 euros, we can whiten your teeth for you. Like we can get you trays and, and the little syringes with the gel and you can whiten your teeth at home. And in my mind, I'm like, 150 euros is a shit ton of money for whitening. So I go to him, well, I have trays. You have trays for whitening at home? And I'm like, yeah, I have them. It's true, I have them. <laughs> because this isn't my fucking first rodeo at the dentist, you know? I don't know why he took me as a fucking beginner. I don't know if it's the hair. Once again, this is what I'm, why I'm touching my hair. I don't know if it's the fucking hair the age or what, but he was treating me like a total fucking beginner in terms of salesmanship, marketing, in terms of teeth, like all the things. So I'm just like playing the game, you know, just kind of smiling along and I go, yeah, I have the trays. And he's like, well, if you have the trays, then we can just sell you the syringes. It will be, well, I can give you a hundred euros off and it will be 350 euros. I'm just like, wow, that's quite expensive for a uh, fucking whitening gel. Because I know it's fucking expensive for whitening gel and why why would you give me only a hundred euros off? The trays would be the expensive part. Why would the gel cost 350 fucking euros? Like it made no sense in my head. And I'm like, you know what? For me, it's not a, a priority. I think they're white enough. Frankly, I've never gotten this comment before. I have fairly white teeth. I don't want them to be like blue white, you know, veneer teeth. Uh, I'm happy with their like human whiteness, you know, like human scale, not like alien white. <laughs> uh, like Ross in that Friends episode, who, who watches Friends? That was an iconic episode when Ross whitened his teeth before a date and then they glowed in the dark. But here's the irony of what the dentist didn't know was I was gonna ask him about Invisalign but because he was trying to upsell me in an unethical way, where, by the way, for those of you who are wondering, um, teeth whitening syringes would cost roughly around 40, 50 euros for like three, four syringes. He was offering me five, six syringes for 350 euros. 350 euros, okay? I later checked. And then I asked my mom like what this stuff costs in Canada and it's even less expensive. So this guy was trying to take me for a ride. Meanwhile, because he was trying to take me for a ride, which I didn't appreciate, I didn't ask him about Invisalign, which is a far more expensive service, right? To straighten teeth with like invisible thingies. Yeah, I don't really need it, but it's like something I'm wondering about and I just wanted to learn more, but not from this guy because he lied to me, he misled me, he tried to oversell me, which I fucking hate. I hate all that kind of shit, I'm allergic to it. So that's an example, like if I was an insecure person, if I was like, I don't know, obsessed with the whiteness of my teeth and, and thought they were never white enough, then if a dentist said that to me, are you a fucking smoker? Or maybe you'd consider having your teeth whitened? Then I would be a totally different mark, an easy fucking mark an easy fucking sell. I would be overpaying by like, I don't know, times five or 10, I don't even know, all because I'm an easy fucking mark. Now, why am I sharing this with you? Because a lot of you who are desperate for clear skin, make yourself an easy mark. That's why you're out there buying and trying all the things because you just want a solution instantly and the bottle promises an instant solution. Or even when you go to see a dermatologist and they give you a cream, which is not an entire skincare routine, it's a cream, you expect miracles out of that cream, right? You really hope and you, uh, uh, 
I'm not saying that here you're super tricked. No, it's just, you know, it's, it's incomplete skincare advice, but we put ourselves in these positions. The biggest example of this is naturopaths. Why we see naturopaths? Because we're desperate, we're desperate and they know what we want and they just sell us all the things. Well, I know you're gonna take 20 different supplements. I mean, you already walked through the fucking door. Now I can sell you like $300, $400 worth of supplements a month, right? Because you walked in the fucking door. I can tell you anything about your health, that you have leaky gut, that you have a fucked thyroid, blah, 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 that your liver sucks at detoxing. I could sell you useless tests like food sensitivities tests or the Dutch hormone test or whatever the fuck. And I can make up all kinds of things and you're just gonna be happy to pay me. When we're too desperate for a solution and we don't know enough about the subject, easy mark. What seems like information that could make our lives easier or help us, you know, make a good de buying decision, lies. <laughs> or at least exaggerations. We have to be mindful of all of this to not put ourselves in, in these vulnerable positions. And so the more we learn about the topic of skin health, the more we understand how this organ works and what the best practices are, what marketing is and what marketing isn't, then we can kind of see this shit from a mile away and not fall for it. Really, once again, we want to find the right fit for ourselves, whether it's a partner, whether it's a dentist, <laughs> for fuck's sakes, because I'm not going back to that guy. <laughs> whether it's um, products for our skin, we want things to be the right fit, but do we have enough information to make that decision? It's like in dating, you know, when people just get to know a new person, they're like obsessed and they're future tripping and they think, oh my God, I'm gonna marry this person, yet I barely know this person. Yeah, we need more information, right? And once we get to know the person, then we are like, oh, this is like totally wrong for me. But when you know yourself well, and you know how to date, you know what I mean? And you know what to look for, and you know the things that you won't budge on in terms of what you want out of your partner, it becomes easier, right? It's the same with skincare. When you know what your skin likes and you know what it doesn't like, it's so much easier to then shop for skincare and not fall for a bunch of useless fucking trends and new, you know, supposed miracles. So that's my little spiel on marketing. And the other thing is, once again, fit is important. Marketing, though it's supposed to attract, it's also supposed to repel. I heard this phrase in terms of marketing, because me, I learn about all the things, you know, I'm interested in a bunch of things because they all kind of relate to each other in different ways. But what I read about marketing is like, if you market to everybody, you market to nobody. Marketing is supposed to be exclusive. It's not supposed to be inclusive. Words are not supposed to be inclusive. They're supposed to be exclusive. If the word glass means glass, it can't also mean mouse right? Like that's when things get confusing. So marketing is that. It's supposed to attract the right fit, but also repel the wrong fit. This is how we have awesome experiences. This is something for you guys to keep in mind that, you know, not all the products are going to be the right products for you. That's literally impossible. But once you understand what it is that you're looking for, what it is that you need and what you benefit from, then you don't give a fuck about all the things that don't suit you. You don't waste your time there. You don't even... It's like you have your blinders on. Knowing what it is that you want, knowing what your skin needs, etc. Whether in life, I'm like, this applies to skin health, but this applies to real life, you know? It saves you a lot of time, a lot of time. And with that time, you can enjoy your fucking life. Thinking about more important things, achieving or going after your goals, like cool shit, you know? <laughs> Fun stuff. All right, that's just my little spiel in marketing. And so 
Marissa teaches her students how to essentially get good at talking to people because you want to deliver a specific message, but you want to deliver it to a specific person who's the right person for that message. All of these things kind of work together. There's almost like a, an art and a science to these things. I'm not saying that that's that me, I'm so art, artful and sciencey at copywriting, God forbid. <laughs> I'm definitely not an expert in this. But what works for me and what has always worked for me is just simply saying what it is <laughs> in a direct way. <laughs> so that's that's how I do it. That's how I market. And I sometimes wish that like companies would just say, this does this. This has this in it and it can potentially help you achieve this. That's all I want to know about a product. I don't give a fuck whether or not it's formulated without silicones and parabens and all that shit. That to me is a red flag that their marketing department is stupid. <laughs> That's <laughs> so like already the company, like in my eyes, it falls, you know, and then the more stupid shit I see in their marketing, the less I trust them, the less I want to buy their shit. And the less I certainly want to promote it, God forbid, you know, to other people. It's interesting, right? Like this clean beauty marketing, for example, it for the most part repels me like in a big way like repels me to the furthest fucking corners of the world. <laughs> anyway, let's see what you guys are saying. Do you have any skincare questions? 20 Ross says, an example of good marketing is your, did you do your skincare routine daily drill? It's so catchy because every time I wash my face, I sing it. Oh my God, the song, the skincare routine song. I promise I will sing it again daily after the war is one by Ukraine. Honestly, I stopped singing it because I was just too depressed um, when the full-scale invasion of Ukraine happened. So now I just ask you guys if you did your skincare routine and like a, I try to still make it playful and cute, whatever, but I really enjoyed singing the skincare routine song. And I love, I love that you guys sing. I never thought, I never thought it would catch on to the point of using it in your bathrooms, but I've heard this from multiple people and I'm just like, Really? <laughs> Very cool. Thank you for letting me know. Yes, did you do your skincare routine? Can you share your skincare habits? I kind of do all over in my content the best skincare habits, but my personal skincare habits, they are individual to my skin's needs. And I have learned basically my skin's, I guess, personality or what have you. Like I know what it likes and I know what it doesn't like. And so I just don't give it on any of the things that it doesn't like, and then I give it what it does like, and then it's happy. That's what I've done. My skincare routine has become like the easiest. It's so fast, I don't think about it. I don't spend any time like leaning over the sink, looking at my skin, trying to figure out if it's good enough, you know, like none of that shit. Like skincare does not need to be some weird ass ritual. It doesn't need to be like something you're constantly thinking or worrying about. It's just like brushing your teeth, right? Except skin is more complex than teeth. Once you get it right, then you just do that, you know? And then you don't have to think about it all the time. You don't have to worry about this organ all the time. I think that most of us, we spend way too much time thinking about our skin and like focusing not on things that we can control, but on things that we can't control, like pores, peach fuzz, you know, all these things. Like we're like, oh, but I have this, normal thing about my skin, but I'm worried about it and I'm calling it a flaw. Oh my God. So I'm going to Google how to get rid of this not real flaw, but a thing that I think is a flaw. And then there will be all these unethical marketers telling me that I can get rid of my pores and then I'll be buying all the things. You know what I mean? So your skincare habits, they have to suit 
your skin's needs. Your skincare habits will oftentimes include cleansing once or twice a day, really thoroughly in the evening. Your skincare habits should include the three-step moisture method because that's literally the best way to moisturize. If you want to moisturize effectively, have your skin glow, make it comfortable so that you don't experience flakes or irritation, especially if you have some potentially irritating actives in your skincare routine, then yeah, you want to have the three-step moisture method in your skincare habits. I do twice a day. Fucking love it. I can't imagine my skincare routine without the three-step moisture method, frankly. So that's definitely a skincare habit that I practice. And then obviously sunscreen is another skincare habit that I practice daily. It's not so much practice as just applying the product anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> and then something that absolutely transformed my skin. And this is the simplest fucking thing. The simplest thing and it's free. Sinks distance, man. Sinks distance, just not leaning over the sink. Just by maintaining sinks distance, like my skin loves me for that, okay? And spending less time in front of the mirror thinking about my skin, my skin loves me for that. I swear, just stop. Just stop, go somewhere else and live your life. Like do anything but talk and think about your skin or, or like stare at your skin. Anything else and your skin is gonna love you for it. And not worrying about an occasional clogged pore is part of sinks distance, but like an occasional clogged pore is something that anybody can get. It doesn't mean that there is anything wrong with your skin whatsoever. However, when you're obsessed with that clogged pore, that's when it leads you astray. It leads you trying things, experimenting, focusing more on your skin, over-treating, under -treat like all kinds of things happen. It's just not necessary. But once you realize that the occasional clogged pore is not a big deal and you stop treating it like a big deal and you teach yourself to literally not pay attention to it, that's like the next level. Cause me, I'm, I'm like practicing on like a Zen level. <laughs> Zen master skin, I don't know. <laughs> Basically a place where I'd never been before. I'm there. It's a totally new relationship with the skin. It's like so chill. So my goal is for more of you, more and more of you to come to that place with me. Basically, it's a place where you entirely stop associating with the acne sufferer, rosacea sufferer, whatever sufferer label, and you just become a human again. Taking on some identities, the long-term implications are so horrid. Garbage, total fucking garbage. But it, it came so easily taking on the identity of like an acne sufferer or somebody struggling with acne, right? or somebody who has acne for the rest of their life and just manages symptoms forever. Taking on that identity, easy. Because you hear it every day, everybody's talking about how they're an acne sufferer. Oh, acne sufferer, acne sufferer. But nobody's out there being cool with their skin. Because when you're cool with your skin, you don't talk about it. <laughs> right? So there's no content when you're cool with your skin because you're literally not talking about your skin. Because it's become such an unimportant aspect of your day that you feel like a fucking idiot if you talk about a fucking clogged pore. Hey guys, I have a clogged pore, oh my God. Oh my God, and somebody looked at me funny, I have a clogged pore. It sounds ridiculous because it is ridiculous. So a lot of us, we just have to grow out of it. But like, I don't mean you just literally just with age, you grow out of it. No, 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 no. This is a conscious decision. If you wanna have peace around your skin and actually have amazing skin, that's something to kind of put on your radar as something to aim for. Yep, it's doable. It's super fucking cool. <laughs> I recommend it. <laughs>
Hi Elena, how to apply makeup powder on textured skin to ensure it is smooth, natural, and not patchy or cakey? Hmm, I would say that it all depends on your base and then your technique. So the base, obviously, three-step moisture method, sunscreen. Sunscreen makes for a fantastic makeup primer. And some sunscreens, they're more like silicone-y, so they really do act like a primer. But again, it depends on what you're going for. In terms of sunscreen, you probably wouldn't want something that is too shiny because if you have textured skin, then the shininess accentuates the texture. You'd want to kind of look for things that are satin or matte, but not like mattifying. You don't want them to be drying out your skin either. But the, the thing about texture is there's no way to really hide texture. You can hide the color, discoloration and stuff, right? If you have an acne bump, you can hide the color, but not the texture. The texture is something you can't hide. But just keep in mind that it's temporary as your skin is healing soon it will heal and you won't have that texture to worry about we also have to remember that like human skin does have texture just the base the starting point is we have texture we have pores and all this stuff you know so don't don't feel too bad about it and don't like kick yourself when you're down just give yourself distance distance is the best and then in terms of natural not patchy or cakey i would apply it maybe with a like a, a patting motion with a brush because you mentioned makeup powder right i don't know if you're using the jane iredale makeup powder because it never looks patchy or cakey or anything i'm wearing it obviously if you're using a makeup powder you want to pat it on more than swirl it all around right if you have dark little spots of maybe pimples or whatever. See, I don't know what your skin is like. I don't know what the level of texture that we're dealing with here because I would probably have different advice if I'd actually saw your skin. But uh, you'd wanna maybe use a little bit of spot concealing where you just conceal exactly where you need to um, and then blend out just gently the edges so that it really blends into the surrounding skin in terms of color and then follow that with the, the makeup powder, if that makes sense. And then over top, I wouldn't do any makeup setting sprays or any of that shit. I would just pat gently, be gentle with your makeup application, but not like too gentle either. <laughs> I don't know, it's so weird to give people advice without seeing their skin, <laughs> you know what I mean? But I hope I did a good job of that. If I sucked, you let me know. <laughs> Hi from Morocco, hello, good to see you. And Bioderma Max 50 Plus Cream Changed Formula? Question mark, because they added an oil in the end of the ingredients? I don't know where you're getting your information from. Some people, they get their ingredient information from resellers and not the original brand itself. And resellers don't share the most accurate information, the most up-to-date information about formulas. They simply cannot update all that information for all the brands that they sell, for example. And B, these are questions. Y'all, when you have Bioderma questions or like even Jane Iredell, whenever a, a brand changes their, their formula, everybody comes to me. Like I get so many people all the time asking me about changed formulas. Here's the thing. You need to be asking the brand that. If you go on Instagram and ask the Bioderma whatever of your country, if they've changed the formula, they should offer you an answer. Or you go to their website, you email the brand. And some of you email me, not you, like in general, people email me or write to me saying like, oh, Lena, they changed this formula. I hate that they did this. And I'm like, 
why aren't you letting the brand know? Like, if the brand gets enough of you saying, I hate the new formula, change it back to the original formula, eventually they'll have to listen to you unless they're fucking Adam Mosseri of, of Instagram who does not listen to his audience, like his clients. <laughs> Doesn't give a fuck. <laughs> but normally, business people give a fuck about what their, you know, customers want. So just ask them or tell them or whatever, you know, meaning ask them if you think that they changed the formula, if they have to make sure. Don't jump to conclusions. Don't necessarily think that they have when they haven't. If you, you know, read it on an unofficial website, once again, resellers, this happens all the time. People are like, oh my God, they changed the formula. And then they didn't actually. So yeah, ask the brand, the brand, go to the horse's is it the horse's mouth? <laughs> Go directly to the source is what I'm saying. Confident with Cookie says, sometimes the problem is people staring at you, at your skin when you are starting to accept your skin. Nope, not a problem. This is such a good comment. I really appreciate you sharing this. And the reason why I say that people staring at you is not a problem is because people have eyes and they have a brain. You have eyes and you have a brain, except you don't know what's in their brain. And when you expect other people to be staring like in a judging way, a person staring at you is a neutral or looking at you, let's say, a person looking at you is a neutral event, neutral. You thinking that the stare is negative or positive, that's where you're attributing meaning to the event. And the only way that you could know what the other person is thinking is by asking them. Now, from my experience as a human being on planet Earth, I know very few people give a fuck about other people's skin. Really couldn't give a fuck, okay? Most people don't give a fuck. You know, some people are judgmental or rude or whatever the fuck, but it's not something we can control is other people. So what I'm left with always is what can I do? And what I can do is work on my self-confidence, being secure in people laying their eyes on me, right? And not assuming the worst. Because here's the thing, this is something I've really learned as a content creator, and this is very important. We have to give people credit. If we assume the worst of people, we're gonna have a horrible life and horrible everything. Life hack, okay? If we assume that somebody means badly, you know, that their intentions are off and this and this and this, we're gonna have horrible experiences with that person. We need to allow people to give us more information without us judging them, or jumping to conclusions about them. And ironically, I've been in a situation, you brought this up, so I'm gonna share the story again. But I was once in this crazy situation where I was working in a restaurant. Some of you may have heard the story already, but some of you may not. I was working as a server in a restaurant and uh, it was a quite a booming place. And I was there for about, at that point, almost six months, I think. So I was really in the swing of things. I really gave a fuck to give good service to my guests, as they were called. And like, it was an overall very good life experience for me. It was very challenging, very fast paced. But anyway, let's get to the point. And one night, by the way, I was, I had to set this up. I was wearing always like this, like a tank top dress that was black. That was our uniform as the girls. And then I had this change purse that was attached to my waist but I would always really tighten it around my waist and my waist is freakishly small <laughs> naturally freakishly small like most people when they see my waist they can't help but comment on my waist and this was also back when I was younger 
So I was exercising a lot. So you can really see my motherfucking waist, okay? I had to set this up. This was an important part of the story. And so one evening I get uh, quite an overweight couple and three of their friends seated at my booth. I get a bunch of other people, but this is where the story unfortunately goes. And I thought I did a great job with this uh, booth of people, you know? And again, the overweight part, that's a part of the story. So I had to mention it. Otherwise I wouldn't mention it. <laughs> but anyway, I thought I did a great job as I did with all my clients. And up to that point, I had received two compliment letters. A compliment letter, for those of you who don't know, is basically a person would have such a great experience at the restaurant with me that they would be thinking about that experience as they'd head home. And then that night or next day or whatever, they'd think to write the restaurant a compliment about what a great experience they had with Olena, for example. And some servers never receive a compliment letter. I received two in the span of, I think, two weeks it was. I guess I was getting better and, you know, like, because with practice, you become a better server and all this stuff. So I was extremely excited for those compliment letters. I wish I took pictures of them, but alas. So uh, everything's fine, I thought. I had a great evening and uh, about two weeks later, my uh, manager writes me a text and she's like, Olena, we need you to come in. You received another letter. And I'm like, ooh, another compliment letter? And she's like, no, come in. We need to talk about this. So I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> what can this be? I had no idea what this was. And so when I came to the restaurant to discuss, um, my manager gave me like an email to read on her phone. And basically in this email, this person wrote her experience with me. And what did she write? Things that didn't happen. Like this woman said that I basically, I don't even know where to begin because it was so long ago, but she said something along the lines of, when I told her I was pregnant, she said, ew, a baby. And what actually I said was, ooh, a baby, you know? And uh, how can you get that wrong? But you can because when you live in your head and you assume what, that you know what people think and you assume you know where people's intentions are and who they are, you run into trouble and chaos, I'm telling you. And she said, I flirted with her husband. That did not happen. Like, ugh, and I was dating somebody, but like I wouldn't flirt with a married woman's husband. No matter, like, let's say he was fucking Brad Pitt, still wouldn't flirt with him in front of Jennifer Aniston, let's say, <laughs> you know what I mean? But in this case, there was no threat of me flirting with this man, okay? And just like said I made fun of her friend's red lipstick, even though I complimented her friend's li red lipstick at the time, I remember, because I was wearing red lipstick and I was like, red lipstick, sister. Like I said something silly. I was a very silly at the time. I was young, I was 25, four, I don't know. And so this person basically wrote that like all these horrible things that didn't happen, all because I guess I looked at her, not the way she expected. <laughs> and my face was the same with everyone. But this one person thought that she could read my fucking mind. So I'm here, this is a PSA to any one of you. If you're gonna assume that you know what somebody else is thinking, you are likely to be mistaken and then ruin a potentially amazing experience that you could have had. And maybe this isn't exactly what happens with you. Maybe, you know, some people, they might throw you a dirty look, but honestly, it's very rare for somebody to actually stare at somebody with a dirty look. Most people avert their fucking gaze, unless you're dealing with like a crazy person. So I think it's best genuinely 
to assume that people are there for good reasons or if they're looking at you it's because they have eyes you know what i mean like like we should leave it there and not create stories in our heads that then we convince ourselves oh my god she looked at me funny because frankly this is uh why the acne stigma exists it's not because real things, I mean, real things sometimes occasionally happen when somebody says something, you know, awkward and, and, you know, puts their foot in their mouth. But this isn't as common as people think. Like I was reading this acne positivity fucking post ages ago. I don't read them anymore because they drive me literally mental. I hate them all. Like the, the content of the words, it's so mind numbing that I can't, I just fucking can't. I was reading this post and this girl was saying something along these lines of, oh my God, the acne stigma is real. When I got my makeup done, the makeup artist washed her brushes after me because she found my skin disgusting or something like that. And like makeup artists, they wash their makeup brushes after everyone. But if you get all the facts, then you can't feel like special and you can't feel incensed and you can't feel insulted and you can't feel offended, right? Once, once you get all the facts, that's usually the case. Like when we feel offended or insulted, we're missing something. I like to think that way, right? Because few people genuinely want to offend or insult. Think about yourself. How often do you actually want to offend or insult somebody? That's not what we, we're not walking around like, I genuinely want to make somebody feel bad today. Like, I don't know anybody like that, except, you know, obviously trolls on the internet, but like real people don't function that way. So sorry, I had to give you this little bit of a, you know, slap on the butt <laughs> reality check so that you're, you can like enjoy people making eye contact. It's what us humans do. And it's oftentimes neutral and awesome. And it could be a source of like connecting. For me, eye contact, I'm connecting with people. You know what I mean? So yeah. <laughs> Let me see here. Lukovic Dani asks or says, hello, Lena, hello. Um, chocolate cause acne is a bad marketing like the skin barrier repair and the exfoliation is now marketing or not? Chocolate causes acne is not really marketing. It's just nonsense. <laughs> I wouldn't call it marketing, but I would call it a red flag. If you see anybody saying that chocolate causes acne, you run the other way. <laughs> Chocolate's fantastic. I eat it regularly and love it. And I'm not saying because I eat it, I have amazing skin. No, I'm just saying that it doesn't have to be a food that you give up. If you love chocolate, then eat your fucking chocolate. <laughs> Yay. All right, now the skin barrier repair and the exfoliation is now marketing or not? Mm, it depends. It depends. Because this is the interesting thing about marketing and marketers. Marketers, they do market research. So they know what we, the consumers, are talking about, caring about, etc. So once we let them know what it is that we're talking about caring about, for example, skin barrier repair. A lot of us are now aware that we are damaging our barriers. People are starting to understand slowly, this is entering the culture around skin, that skin's a barrier and you're not supposed to destroy it, right? At least this is something that I've been kind of pushing as an important message of what not to do is like protect the barrier, protect the barrier, right? As marketers kind of smarten up and see that we're talking about this, now they're like, aha, they're destroying their barriers. So we can put barrier repair on this moisturizer and now they're gonna think that they're repairing their barriers, you see? Very good question, very good question. Like back in the day when I started with three-step moisture method, it was not common practice to put a humectant serum, for example, on damp skin or anything really, but specifically this step. And now 
it's entered this culture, right? Market research, like marketers, they do research. They know what we're talking about and what we care about. So they started adding it into their instructions because this way it's a win-win, right? You get better results and you're happier with their products and you're gonna buy them more, right? If you're like, oh, this humectant serum works really nicely under my moisturizer, wow, you're gonna buy that product more. Basically, they're listening to us. <laughs> and then exfoliation is now marketing or not. Exfoliation, it's not just a marketing term, it's literally a thing that we do for our skin. We exfoliate our skin. Some things exfoliate our skin effectively and gently, and some things ruin our skin and destroy our barrier, right? Also depends on how we're using these exfoliants. And so sometimes, like there's there is a product, I forgot from what brand, but they were marketing their product as an exfoliant and as something that unclogs pores. And they were saying that it's a BHA containing product. BHA, they were referring to salicylic acid. And there was no salicylic acid in the product and there was no chemical exfoliant in the actual product. They had willow bark in the actual product and willow bark does not work like an exfoliant. But, you know, people who were wanting a product that exfoliates would buy this product. So it depends. To be a smart consumer, you have to know what it is that you want to achieve with a product. But you also have to understand, can this product help me achieve that? So does the marketing reflect the reality of the situation, right? The reality of the results that the product can actually help you achieve? That's what my Skin Queen students are really good at, is knowing that true marketing works then and the unethical shit just bounces off. Oh, you tried to trick me, fuck you, <laughs> right? <laughs> so that. Uh, yeah, I asked Jane Iredale about changing the formula of the blushes. They said they will reconsider that, but if Bioderma Max Cream changed by adding sunflower oil in the end, is it okay to use it? I am so happy you reached out to Jane Iredale talking about this, that is fucking awesome. Yeah, so many people were concerned about them changing the formula. Their blushes, even though I don't think it's a very big deal in terms of the results that you get, but it's really the fact that they're trying to be more clean and that the clean marketing agenda is pushing these changes for their, you know, like their ingredients list to just to have an oil in it. It's like, check, it feels clean now. So I hate just the um, on principle of the matter. I hate that they did that. And then Bioderma, it should not be a problem, no. It sh no, it sh this should not be a problem at all. But again, I don't know who this exact product, um, like I, I don't see the ingredients list in front of me, but it's unlikely to be a problem. If I am thinking of the product that you're thinking of and the ingredients list, then it shouldn't be a problem in that context. Um, let me see. So many brands adding sunflower oil in the ingredients and says non-comedogenic, is it okay? It depends on the formula. So sometimes it's not okay and sometimes it's okay. But I cover the nuances of this, like so you know what I'm talking about in the Skin Queen course. We talk a lot about this there. Like we get into the nitty gritty, gritty of what you need to know about ingredients because a lot of you are guessing and drawing way the wrong conclusions based on the wrong premises. And so we cover all this in the Skin Queen course so that you can easily choose products and you just know exactly what you're looking for, why you're looking for it, and yeah, you're not worried about something that is innocent or you don't have something in your routine that may seem innocent but isn't. Because, <laughs> you, you know, it's about what you eliminate because a lot of the stuff is garbage, but it's also about what you keep in, right? So you wanna, you wanna just be well-versed in general. Is not washing your face in the morning clear acne? In general, it's unlikely to clear acne, yeah. 
but I would need to know the information about your cleansers and basically I would need to see a picture of your skin to tell you what's going on and whether or not you'd need to cleanse once or twice a day. But in general, cleansing twice a day. Wait, what's the question? Washing your face in the morning, clear acne. In general, just washing your face. It might improve your, the like if you haven't been washing your face, then washing your face potentially could just like improve your skin for sure. Cleansing is a highly underrated and important step in skincare. You want to get your cleansing routine perfected. If there's one important step, I mean, there's so many, but cleansing is really up there because it starts everything, right? It gives you like a canvas on which all your other products can then really work for you. But if cleansing is fucked, then the rest of the routine is fucked. Yeah, it's a very important step, very important. I love that question. Lukovic Danny says, I read a lot of articles and the sunflower is highly, has high omega-6, which causes inflammation. Yeah, so these articles sound like bullshit to me. Um, sorry, <laughs> we speak directly here. <laughs> um, and are you, are you Polish or something? Just because, you know, neighbors potentially. Inflammation where, on the skin? You know, are we talking about internal inflammation, high omega-6s? Because that speaks more to that storyline about, you know, if you have a diet high in omega-6s, that high inflammation, all this stuff. But I would follow some real nutrition accounts and not get your information from people who are like fear-mongering about sunflower oil, okay? Um, and like in Eastern Europe, sunflower oil is largely what we grew up on. This is anecdotal evidence. However, Ukrainian women, like me growing up, okay, and being a teenager in Ukraine and all this stuff, there was one girl that had bad skin out of everybody. I mean, all the kids, boys, girls, and I mean, like past puberty, all had clear skin. I mean, including me, my skin was not terrible you know, like it was not perfect because I was using proactive and all kinds of bullshit at that point. And I thought it needed more work because I thought I had a worse problem than I actually had. But everyone had absolutely like flawless skin. Now consider that a Ukrainian would be eating lots of uh, gluten, lots of dairy and sugar. I mean, uh, some of my friends, they would literally add tablespoons, not teaspoons, tablespoons of sugar to their tea. So just like all the normal food and meat, like all the food. A lot of it was, you know, grown locally, like my vegetables, for example, grandma's garden. Yeah, growing up with all the gluten, all the potatoes, all the sour cream, all the milk. I drank milk very regularly as a young person and into my adult years. Like I loved milk. Like I would buy huge amounts of milk and I would drink it all. One girl, one girl had issues with her skin, but guess what? Her mother sold Oriflame products. Do you know Oriflame? It's just shitty fucking multi-level marketing scheme products. Horrible, absolutely horrible. So her mother sold this stuff, she used this stuff and she had the worst skin of any of us. All the other people ate all the things. You know, including sunflower seed oil. That was the basis of a lot of our fried foods. Like we had potato pancakes fried in sunflower seed oil. Sunflower seed oil is huge in Eastern Europe in terms of cooking. It's just important not to vilify things. And also the other thing about Ukrainian women is Ukrainian women usually very fit, like, you know, like clear skinned, healthy hair and nails, like all this stuff. And they're not eating in any way that is a diet. 
these popular fad diets that we have nowadays, keto, what else is there? Cave, cave, what is it, caveman? No, there's that one, uh, carnivore. All these different fad, horrible diets, Ukrainians did not eat that way. They were omnivores and they ate seasonal stuff. Once again, with fatty things and blah, 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 it's just the health and wellness thing has really taken over with a lot of myths as well that are really unnecessary around food. Hannah Grayton, what do you think about using cortisone on the skin for eczema? It's a slippery slope. It's a slippery fucking slope. You may be creating, because I know a little bit of the context here, but you may be worsening things long-term for yourself. Have you ever considered that you just stop doing the things that caused the, because right now what we're talking about is retinoid dermatitis, right? Have you ever considered just stopping the things that caused it? Just using the three-step moisture method and sunscreen. You can try that. Try that for a week. I have this post here, how to nurse sensitized skin back to health. I recommend that you read that. It's really important that we don't create new problems while solving current problems without knowing enough about why those problems were created in the first place. I see people worsening their skin by a lot, creating all kinds of, I'm not gonna go into all the different fucking cascade effect of issues that you can create by going down this route, but it's not a very smart route, I'm telling you. What it sounds like is you really don't have the basics right and you need to get the basics right because you were using tretinoin, you were overusing tretinoin and all this stuff and you created retinoid dermatitis. That's what we discussed last time. Um, so I remember that. And so the point is that you need to get the basics right and stop trying to treat because you keep trying to treat, but your basics, I, I, it doesn't sound like you got them. Again, that post, how to nurse sensitized skin back to health is the useful post of the day, okay? <laughs> Every day. Hi, Elena. Thoughts on LED uh, red light therapy masks? They seem to have a good data behind them. I mean, if you want to sit with a light on your face, looking like a fucking serial killer, but with a light on your face, go ahead. Me, I don't have the patience for that shit. Um, and I just wouldn't want to. <laughs> you know, like, like there, there is some effort. Obviously, like, I, I'm cool with effort. I'm cool with working hard and stuff. But after a while, it's like the effort and the results ratio, like, is it worth it? When for me, it's not. And But for the most people, why LED red light seems like a good idea is just because it's so easy. You put on a thing on your face, you just sit there and then you take it off. But like, for example, learning how to properly care for your skin, much harder, more challenging, more variables to work with. So I just caution against thinking that it's some kind of, you know, quick fix, because it isn't. But if you have the money for it and the patience for it and, and the huge desire for it, but like, just don't buy it to use it three times and then put it in your drawer of useless shit. Don't buy it if, you, if that's what's, what's gonna happen to it. I just hate that we keep buying things and not using them. You know what I mean? Like, then why are we buying the things? Because when we're buying things, we're telling the company that there is a market for this. So they're gonna keep creating these things for us to buy. It's a communication between us and the company. But if we stop buying things and they're like, wow, nobody wants this thing because it's fucking, you know, not that important or whatever. And so they stop making it. I think what we have to do right now on the planet is make less things, not more things, you know? <laughs> so that's just like my personal kind of thing about that. Our says, hey, Lana, much love from Turkey. Oh, that's so nice. I love Turkey. 
Love to hear your thoughts on exfoliating while on tretinoin. Is it possible for the peeling skin, which peels because of tretinoin, to actually clog pores? I guess, yes, in theory it is possible, but well, okay. Great question, and I'll tell you why it's a bad question. <laughs> no, which will answer your question. If your skin is peeling when you're using tretinoin, you have created retinoid dermatitis. Okay, what you have done is you have disrupted your barrier. Your barrier fucked. What don't we want? We don't want to fuck our barrier. We want to protect the barrier, okay? When your skin, when your barrier is fucked like this to the point of flaking, the question shouldn't be, should I also introduce an exfoliant? The awareness should be, this is, this is off. I, am I overusing this? Am I using it too often? Am I using too much of it? Am I properly moisturizing? Isn't my cleanser maybe too harsh and throwing everything off balance? You know, like, is everything, are the basics here to support me first and foremost? Solve that problem. Your skin should always be comfortable when you're using anything. Like we do not want our skin to actually peel. I know that a lot of people, they think this way, but it's wrong. If you want long-term results, you wanna take the slow route and you want to acclimate your skin. If you're using a, a irritating as fuck active like tretinoin, you wanna acclimate your skin. You never want it to get to a point of peeling and being all fucked. You wanna be supporting your skin. You wanna be on the same team as your skin. Flaky skin is a sign that something is off. This is not normal. So until you figure this out, I wouldn't be asking the question of a chemical exfoliant at all. You do not need a chemical exfoliant right now. That's the last thing you need, okay? So I would get to a place of my skin is comfortable with this new way that I'm using the tretinoin that actually works and doesn't irritate the fuck out of my skin. And then I will introduce a chemical exfoliant in a way that is supporting my skin and not causing further irritation and flakiness. Does that make sense? So how can I support my skin should be the first question. Okay, I have a lot more I could say about this, but it would be like, it's more uh, stuff I would share on a routine review, <laughs> right? Cause like I can go on and on and give advice and advice, but we'd be here all day. All right, guys. And I think it's getting that time of the, of the hour where we should say goodbye. <laughs> so if you need help getting clear skin, I hope you're already using my content, but you know, some of you are new. So make sure you're following me, make sure you're reading my blog posts, watching some videos, reading my content here on Instagram, because all of it will help you literally improve your skin, all of it. Now, if you have a complex skincare challenge that you need help solving with my expertise, then you can work with me. If you have more questions, you'd like to get deeper onto the subject and you'd like to figure out how to care for your skin on your own and improve your skincare skills, then you can uh, sign up and be notified when we're enrolling new Skin Queen students because this month we are doing that. Very excited. So stay tuned. But yeah, make sure that you're on all the lists so that you are notified when cool stuff is happening, right? When new things are dropping. That's about it. And just remember that you get to have healthy skin, but it is a bit of a learning curve and just learning how to support its needs. But this is normal with any skill. When we're first riding, we fucking suck. When we're first even walking, we just fall all over the place, okay? This is normal, but my content helps you fall less, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Alrighty. So thank you so much for hanging out with me. Thank you for asking your amazing questions. I will see you around the internet. Have yourself a beautiful day.